My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? This is our 15th episode of the What Is This podcast, and as we begin, I first want to express some thanks to those who have subscribed and commented and shared links to the podcast. I really appreciate your encouragement and your support of this little project. It's been very much appreciated. And, and if you haven't liked us yet or shared it or left a review wherever you're accessing this podcast from, would you take the time today to do so? Help spread the word so we can have a lot more fun with the What Is This podcast. In today's episode, we're going to jump off a record from my collection. It's another one of those records where I knew the song, but I'd never heard this version. It begins in 1968. The Beatles. They issued their self-titled so-called White Album, and among the tracks was this now familiar one. That song was a top 30 hit here in Canada, but surprising is the fact that it was never released as a single in either the UK or the US. That is until around 1976, and at that time it bubbled just under the top 40. And so because of that fact, and because of the limited single release of the song, in 1968 there was a slew of artists who recorded their own versions of Obladi Oblada, trying to make the charts themselves. That included a, a West Indies band called The Bedrocks. There was another group called The Spectrum. And even sweet soul music singer Arthur Conley did a version of the song. But finally was this version. It was the one that sparks this podcast episode today. It's found on the Epic label. It's released number 510428. And it's from a Scottish pop band called The Marmalade. Desmond takes a trolley to the jeweler's store, buys a 20 carat golden ring, takes it back to Molly waiting at the door, and as he gives it to her, she begins to sing. That version of the song went to number one in the UK. It made The Marmalade the first Scottish group to ever earn that distinction. 
They'd have a top 10 hit the following year with a song called Reflections of My Life. But it's their take on Obla Di Obla Da by John Lennon and Paul McCartney that's prompted today's episode of the What Is This podcast. Because it got me wondering, are there other Lennon-McCartney songs that became hits for artists other than the Beatles? Now, I know the answer is yes, but I'm not talking about cover versions of Beatles songs, so for that reason, I won't be including obvious entries like Elton John's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds or uh, any songs at all from that really horrible 1978 Sgt. Pepper movie. And I'm not even going to include the two hits that Canadian Anne Murray had with Lennon-McCartney songs. She did Happy Just to Dance with You and You Won't See Me. No, because when you start to look at the many cover versions of Lennon-McCartney songs that exist, there's just no end to them. To give you an idea, there was one study in 2017 that reported at that time that the song Yesterday had been to that date, three years ago, already covered some 2,200 times. So no, this episode isn't about cover versions. It's about more than that. What I am going to include are all songs that Lennon and McCartney gave away or rejected as suitable Beatles material or simply chose not to widely release themselves that then became hits for other artists. And as we begin, you might be tempted to think that writing songs for other artists to then have hits with was something that Lennon and McCartney did only once they were established, once they were world-renowned songwriters with the luxury of just randomly giving away hit songs. But actually, history shows from their earliest days, this was something they were already doing. And what becomes obvious is that the one that was making all of that happen was their manager, Brian Epstein. Start with 1963. Tommy Quickly was an artist who was also a client of Brian Epstein's who took Lennon and McCartney's song Tip of My Tongue and recorded it. Another Brian Epstein client, The Foremost, did a song called I'm In Love that was later recorded also by Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas who, yep, were clients of Brian Epstein's. The Foremost also did a song called Hello Little Girl written by Lennon and McCartney that Jerry and the Pacemakers did later. Yes, you're right, Jerry and the Pacemakers, also Brian Epstein clients. And finally in that year, Love of the Loved by Scylla Black. And the Beatles had known her for some time, back to the days of the Cavern Club in Liverpool. That was a song she recorded. She also recorded It's For You in 1964, and most famously Step Inside Love in 1968. You see, all of those artists were part of Brian Epstein's stable of talent, and so that cross-pollination from group to group became a very natural thing from the earliest days. But let's get to the records. Billy J. Kramer and his group, the Dakotas, whom I just mentioned, they were of course themselves recipients of numerous musical gifts from the team of Lennon and McCartney. Kramer was a fellow Liverpoolian, and he was also stated, of course, to be under the management of Beatles manager Brian Epstein. Those connections meant a pipeline directly from the Fab Four to he and his group. Their breakthrough, the one for the Dakotas, came thanks to that musical pipeline, and it was a recording of the Beatles' own hit, Do You Want to Know a Secret? But things really came to fruition with this song. The birds in the sky would be sad and lonely if they knew that I'd lost my one and only they'd be 
Bad to Me by Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas reached the UK number one along with its flip side, which was a second Lennon and McCartney work called I Call Your Name. I call your name. In Canada, that song was on Capitol Records release number 72129. And I guess full disclosure, that is one song that the Beatles did ultimately record and release, but not as a single. It was an album track on their second album in 1964. Side 2, track 2. And here's what it sounded like. I call your name, but you're not. Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas were still benefiting from their friendship with Lennon and McCartney the following year, when in 1964 they hit with the song I'll Keep You Satisfied that was written by John and Paul. And then there was this one called From a Window. Oh, I would be glad. And that's Capital Release number 72175. It went top 10 in the UK and top 25 in the US. Well, also going on in 1964, Paul McCartney was dating Jane Asher, who, along with her brother Peter, had been child actors in the 1950s. By that time, Peter Asher and Gordon Waller were known professionally as Peter and Gordon. And they were also recipients of the songwriting talents of the team of Lennon and McCartney. In 1964, Peter and Gordon hit with two Lennon-McCartney songs. The first one was called A World Without Love. It went to number one on both sides of the Atlantic. And later that year, the follow-up was also a Lennon-McCartney song called Nobody I Know. Well, 1964 was a good year because it continued well for Peter and Gordon with this song, largely no doubt crafted by Paul McCartney. Why do I cry at night? Something wrong could be right. I hear you say to me, I don't want to see you again. Oh, 
That song is found on Capitol Records release number 5272. You know, it didn't chart at all in the UK, but it went top 20 in the US. History shows a couple of years later that Peter and Gordon were still benefiting from their relationship with Paul McCartney. In 1966, they recorded the song Woman, which McCartney wrote, but under the alias of Bernard Webb. The song went top 20 in the UK and in the US and was a number one song here in Canada. Artists who continued to benefit from the songwriting and artistic generosity of Lennon and McCartney included P.J. Proby in 1965 and a song called That Means a Lot. Mary Hopkin in 1969 with a song Paul McCartney wrote called Goodbye. And also in 1969, the first release by Badfinger after they changed their name from The Ivies. For more on that, go back to episode four of the What Is This podcast to hear more about The Ivies and Badfinger. Well, this song was on the soundtrack to the film The Magic Christian. It was written by Paul McCartney, but because of contractual reasons, was listed as a Lennon-McCartney song. And here's how it sounded when Paul McCartney first demoed it. If you want it, And of course, here's how it sounded in the version that went top 10 in the U.S. and top 5 in the U.K. in early 1970 for Badfinger. They say in any business, in order to be successful, it's less about what you know and more about who you know. And when you're an aspiring group or a singles artist and you happen to know John Lennon and Paul McCartney and they happen to funnel a song or two your way, well, what more could a young singer or group from Liverpool ask? To check out all the songs that were mentioned here, as well as some other Lennon-McCartney songs that were non-Beatles recordings, look out for a copy of the very comprehensive 1979 album called The Songs Lennon-McCartney Gave Away. It's an album whose title I obviously modeled the name of this podcast episode after. Thanks for listening today to some of the songs that John and Paul gave away. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, 
Email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.